All right, hi everyone. Welcome to episode three of Life with Pond. Apologies for not uploading for a hot minute. I was looking to record an episode with a really special guest that I think all of you will um, adore and love. He's a uh, very famous with some circles, um, but I it, it required more preparation, so I'm finalizing the script and I will because um, that that episode requires a script and I will do that episode maybe next, maybe the one after next, but wanted to release something now. And so today's episode um, will be short and sweet. Um, it'll revolve around a question that somebody asked online. Um, I'll tell you who in a second. And I'll dwell deeper into sort of what's behind the question and a philosophical concept of choice that might be helpful to some of you, you know, and are we really making choices in life on certain things or are we simply choosing between things that um, look to us as if, you know, uh, they're actual valid choices, but in reality, we have no choice. And, and you'll understand how this uh, plays into everyday behavior and um, perhaps some of even big life decisions. And, and hopefully, if you're in that situation where you need to make some choices, um, you it will help you out. All right. So uh, as Rian on Twitter, uh, you can ask a question, by the way, I, I, either by tagging me or by tagging um, life at Life with Pont on Twitter. If you tag publicly, I will read your name, obviously, because it's a public record. If you DM me, and do not say that you want to be public. I'll assume you want this to be an anonymous question. Uh, but Adrian uh, asked on Twitter in public. So he's asking, is the slow lane in life worth it? I am fourth generation in a small city of about 33,000. Practically all of my family lives here. Everyone outside of my family tells me to get away, but I never seem to be able to or want to. All right, so let's unpack that question because um, I think the reason why, um, you know, when somebody asks you a question, that means they don't have an answer yet, right? Or they're doubting themselves. And so usually there is more to it than just the actual question that's there because you would ask what are the reasons for the doubt and, you know, why you're, you know, why are just not, why it's not easy to select an answer. So there are a few things in this question. First, there's a sort of feeling of peer pressure where um, people are telling him that he should move away and maybe, you know, try living somewhere else and kind of get experience. And, you know, because maybe those other people, such as his other family members, have experienced this life in a sort of slow lane, quote unquote, uh, or a small town. And they say, listen, there is more out there and we just don't want you to miss out, right? You know, maybe for them, some of them, they're feeling in regret. You know, maybe they wish they went out there and, and maybe lived in a big city or just traveled or whatever it is. And maybe because they were not able to fulfill that fantasy or that dream, they don't want um, Azrian to be stuck in the same position. Um, perhaps in a way, they want him to actually have a choice. Well, I'll get to that later. Uh, there's an element of pride here, right? Which is, well, what's wrong with living in a slow lane? Uh, maybe I like to live in a slow lane. Maybe there's nothing wrong with living in a small town. And when somebody sort of encourages you to a certain direction, uh, any kind of push towards any direction will always have an equal and opposite reaction, right? It's a Newton's law that applies um, uh, to you know relationships and metaphysics and philosophy as much as it applies to actual physics. And um, so, so you know, when somebody tells you that, you automatically has a little bit like psychological pushback like well what's wrong with here you know and um and the answer is nothing there is nothing with any kind of life right there is uh, there's a million ways to live a life and so that's the first thing I'm, i will answer in my opinion 
yes, you can live in a slow lane all your life. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Okay, if that's your choice, and that's the key phrase, then there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, there's nothing wrong with living in a fast lane. There's nothing wrong with living in a medium fast lane, in a crazy lane, in a fly, whatever lane you invent for yourself. Good for you. More power, right? That is the essence of the freedom that we hold dear, um, especially in this country, but you know many other countries as well. And and I think every human being's um, aspiration, every country's, most countries' aspirations or Western democracies anyway, is to attain that position of freedom where you can choose any lane you want and without being questioned, without having to worry about, you know, that it, you're being judged. So absolutely nothing wrong with that. However, let's get back to the to to the key element I noticed or mentioned, which is, you know, if you actually choose to live in a slow lane, quote unquote, you're, I mean, I'm just quoting Azrian here, um, is it is it is it worth it right so let's talk a little bit about choice what does it mean to choose and i think the reason um actually yeah let me just go ahead and do go with that and then i'll come back to why i think some people are encouraging you to um to make this other choice so when we think about choice we often you know we often think we always have a choice but in order for you to have a choice you need to have at least two options right with which you're intimately familiar. So if I tell you to choose between um, eating a sandwich and eating some kind of food you've never had before, is it actually a choice? It isn't, right? Because you don't know what that food is. You don't even know what it might taste like. You don't know if you will might like, like it or not. You know, maybe you've um, you already had a million different types of sandwiches, so you kind of have an idea if you offer your chicken sandwich, if you're gonna enjoy it right now in this moment. The only idea you have about new food is that you'll be trying something new. And maybe there's a part of you that enjoys trying new things, and so you would choose that. But you wouldn't choose it because you know what the choice actually entails, right? It could have been a terrible type of food that you absolutely hate. It could be, you know, live crickets that to you just don't, don't, don't taste right. Or, you know, you don't like how they move in your mouth or, or whatever. And so you could be disgusted by it. Um, and where I'm going with that is that a lot of choices in life, you actually do not have a choice. It's an illusion of choice. And that is an interesting proposition. Um, I'll give you another example uh, from my personal life. I hope my brother is okay with it. Where for, you know, for many years after I moved to the United States for college and then, you know, uh, essentially immigrated here, my brother, you know, he told me multiple times that I'm a traitor. And he said, you know, you left Ukraine, you betrayed your, your country and so forth. And what I would tell him is like, hey, you should, you should come here. You should, you should try and you should try to experience what it's like here. And he told me that he chooses not to do that, right? He's like, no, I'm choosing to stay here in Ukraine. And to that, I would tell him, but you don't actually have that choice right now. And he wouldn't, I, I don't know if you actually did tell him that or if I thought about it and I thought I told him that. Uh, but he he wouldn't understand. I knew that he doesn't actually have a choice, right? Because for him, oh yeah, I did it tell him. So basically, what I told him is like, listen, you have an idea of what America is like, or Canada, or just the Western world, right? And you are choosing based on that idea, but you don't actually know because you've never lived here, 
right? You don't, um, you haven't even done super deep research because a lot of times when people hear about things and then they kind of develop an initial bias and then everything else that comes with that goes through that filter. And so they, you know, especially they have a certain like political opinion about it of some kind, uh, then things start going through a filter and they start like either, you know, they discard things that disagree with that filter and they only collect things uh, and, uh, that agree with that filter. Um, so they essentially develop an opinion that they think is accurate, but it, it, it isn't. Uh, the only way to develop an accurate opinion is to go live somewhere, right? It's um, it's really impossible to know really well what a country is like, what a city is like, even um, or or a state. It, you know, it might be more familiar to U.S. Um, listeners, where a lot of the states in this country are quite different from each other. So, in order to develop that, you have to live in that place. Um, so the, the bigger point here is that my brother was choosing to stay in Ukraine. He was choosing the direction of his entire life. He thought he's choosing, but in reality, he only ever had one single option, which is to stay because he was not familiar with any other option. And so what I'm going to leading to is that he wasn't actually choosing. He had the illusion of choice, but he wasn't choosing anything at all. He was just simply playing the default option that he had. Um, and the, the problem with that is, you know, that you're living your life without choice. It's, it's you know, freedom um, requires a presence of choice because how can you choose things freely if you have no real choice? And a lot of the times we are presented with the illusion of choice. Um, that it's one of the most powerful weapons in politics. Um, it's one of the most powerful weapons for dictatorships. Um, any kind of influence, um, some organized religion and so forth. Anytime you, you want to, you know, when you present people with the illusion of choice, um, you make them feel like it's their decision. But in reality, they're simply going with an idea um, that they have about this one option. And then, you know, they usually choose the option to actually know that they've lived through, they have experienced stuff. So that's how you make them. Anyway, so the point is you're not actually free. You're sort of in bondage. But in, in this case, you're in your own life sort of bondage, right? You're um, subject to your own, uh, how do I put this, like lack of experience. And, and you keep choosing the exact life you already have. And if you're happy with that life, fantastic. You know, there's nothing, uh, in essence, there's nothing wrong with that. It, it's just that you might realize 20 years from now, 10 years from now, 30 years from now, that you actually never had a choice, right? And you actually never chose, you simply lived. And that's when regret can come in, creeping in. Um, and that's kind of, you know, that's just one of the potential outcomes. You know, there's no rewind machine. Life doesn't, uh, life doesn't care about ignorance. Uh, it, it, it doesn't, it never forgives you. So y y I think it's important to know that so that we start making actual choices. Well, how do you have an actual choice? Well, you have to know the other option. So oftentimes you have to live that option. It is possible to know a lot about the other option, right? Reading about it, um, really trying to consciously remove the bias and say, listen, I'll take in every information, whether it agrees with my current point of view or disagrees, I'm going to take in that information and develop an, an actual opinion um, that is as, as informed as I possibly can. And then based on that, you choose, because it's not practical to live through everything, right? Before you choose, uh, because you, before you make every choice. So in going back to the original question then, is this low lane in life worth it? Well, first, I, how do I know? 
right? I don't know if it's worth it for you, but what I will tell you is that you don't know either because you have not lived in a fast lane, it seems, uh, if I understand correctly. Like you're born in this town. I mean, that's, I think, what you're saying. So you're fourth generation. You, you're born and raised there. So you, without knowing what fast lane is like, how do I know if slow lane is worth it? Um, or rather, the, the real question is, is it better for you or not, right? Because you want to have the best for your life. You know, why not? That's what that's that's kind of what we try to do in, in life is to live life the best we can. So the answer is I don't know, you don't know. And the only way for you to know is ironically to listen to that advice and get out of town. Now, from my experience, you know, I was born in a village in Ukraine that nobody's ever heard of. Then we moved to another village in Ukraine that nobody's ever heard of. Somewhere in there I lived in a small town uh, or like kind of city-ish it's more like a small town for a while but until i was essentially uh, and and the second village was near a big city to which i barely ever went so if, in some ways until i was 17 years old i never lived in a city and even when i came to america i went to a college in a you know about the same 30 to 40,000 people town so for the first three years of being in college in America, I lived in a small town just like you. And so I have that side of the experience. And then I moved to uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, which is a bigger town. And then I moved to uh, Chattanooga, which is about the same slightly bigger town. And then I moved to Nashville, which is obviously you know about half a million people town or city. And then I moved to Atlanta for a year or stayed near Atlanta, which is much bigger, of course. And then finally, I went to San Francisco and I finally lived in a, what is considered, a, you know, a, a, a top, uh, one of the bigger cities and one of the like city, city, city places, right? Um, I've lived three months in New York, um, in Manhattan. So as probably about as big as it gets. Um, I think it's the biggest city right now. LA is the second, and I've I've stayed a lot in LA. I've I've spent time, but I never lived there, and uh, now I live in Chicago for a year, which is the third largest city. So, I've stayed a couple months in Vancouver. I've stayed a couple months in Montreal as well, uh, which are obviously pretty decent sized places. Uh, so I, you know, I've been I've been in a few cities now, and I, and I grew up in a small town. And at this point, I have a choice, right? I mean, even before this, I've I've had a choice for a while now. So if you ask me the same question, you know. If I was in your position and I had to choose, I now at least know that I have the choice between those two options. You do not. Uh, that's you know that's not a bad or good thing. It's just um, it's just a fact. And so what you really want to ask yourself is, do I want to know what the other option feels, looks like, and feels like, lives like? If you're interested in actually having a second option, you should you have to move out. Right for a short time, whether you go to university in, in a big city, uh, college, whatever, or you, you know, you go get a job for a couple of years, whatever it is for you. Um, if you want to have actually two options, then do it. Um, in, in fact, in my experience, like hell yeah, do it, dude. Like, listen, how do you know what's best for you? Right? If you've only seen one thing throughout your entire life, you sure you might be content, but. Sometimes it's just um, sometimes it's just like meeting a girl or, or a guy, right? Whatever, meeting somebody you you fall in love with. You think you you have an idea of what you want, have an idea of what you might be happy with, 
and then you meet someone randomly usually, some really random encounter, and boom, your eyes open, right? And you're like, wow, this is the person. And usually if it's the first person, then you, you lose them and then you realize, no, the actual was the person. Then you meet a second one and you're like, boom, oh my God, this is the person. Anyway, the point is you, you get this experience of where you think you know, and then you know, this person walks into your life and you're like, whoa, I did not know. I actually now understand better. I think that's how it might be for you with where to live, right? And for, all, for the rest of you listening, like think about other options you might be thinking about in life and considering, you know, are you going for a default option simply because that's the option you've lived and experienced? Do you really know the second option? Or only you only know some news about it, or maybe news headlines, or maybe something your friend told you, or, you know, maybe you read just a little bit, and how much of your research is biased? How much of research have you discarded because it didn't fit your initial idea or opinion? Um, a good example is, you know, a lot, there is a, I, I've become more politically involved in the last year, and, and I noticed a lot of uh, sort of talk between the states, right? Uh, uh, a lot of the people in the South say, oh, my God, these liberal cities in the West are blah, blah. And, you know, some liberal people think oh, these, you know, these rednecks or whatever, these people in the South, um, they're not, you know, the Bible Belt, not too educated or this or that. And... As with all the stories, there is some grain of truth in all of these, but there is also like this obviously misperceived notions there, right? Like there are great cities in the South. I've been there and there are, uh, and I've lived in the West and they're freaking great. Um, a lot of things that I see, you know, somebody like I've lived in San Francisco. So a lot of the rhetoric I, I see about San Francisco is so um, wrong as to how it came about or why certain things are there, like the homelessness problem, right? And, um, and then, you know, also now living in Chicago, and actually one thing I discovered here is that it's super underrated city. The media headlines about this being high crime city is so BS. Um, and, and I'm not slamming media. Actually, I do like media in general because they're, you know, we really need them to for democracy. But I mean, it's like they just, you know, they pick up on, on stories that are impactful. And the crime here, while it exists, is very concentrated in the south usually or like in certain districts of the city. Every city has those districts, okay? Now, Chicago happens to be a bigger district, uh, but in, in the majority vast area of the city where you would live, um, where most people live, it's, it, it's very safe. It, it's, I feel safer here than in San Francisco, for example. Um, and then also, if you even look just at the averages, just take all the violent crime statistics, all of them together, even with the violent areas, on the average, it's like number 50 in the nation, right? So why do we have this media um, constant like thing about Chicago where it's such an unsafe city and you know crime-ridden city and all that nonsense? I don't know, but, the, so, but I had to come here and live here to understand just how untrue that is. And um, it's a very different picture. Chicago is a lovely city. It's a wonderful city. Um, one of the, the, probably the best, if you, wanna, if you wanna have the best time in the summer, it's in the city. Like I've lived in almost every major metropolitan area in the United States by now, and um, except for Texas. And it's just a tremendously amazing time here in the summer. It's the, it's the, the people, the culture, the, it's just the events. It's hard to describe. So it's a great city. The only way for me to find that out was to actually live here. And so now I have options, right? I know where I want to live. I know why I want to live there. And um, I can always go back. And, and that's another sort of thing to answer your question is, 
why are you afraid to try something? You know, why are you afraid to move out? What does it mean to you? You're not going to lose the option to live in a quote-unquote slow lane. You're never going to lose that option, right? All of us always have the option of, and, and the reason why is because usually it's the cheapest situation, right? Like uh, uh, properties are cheaper um, outside of the cities. You know, you can get a lot more land for the same amount of money, et cetera, et cetera. So if you earn money in a city, guarantee you that you can afford to live in a slow lane. You always make more money in a city. Um, well, not, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, if you're all you have a farm that you inherit and, you know, you have some net worth and value, good for you. But um, in general, you get paid higher wages in cities. And so if you're smart about it and, and, and you can save and, um, you know, generally you, you'll be able to afford a lot more for the same money, for the same, um, from the same job if you work in a city versus outside. So uh, afford more outside of the city. I mean, so like you go to the city, you earn, you save up, and then you move outside. That's always an option. So you're not going to lose that. So why, you know, you ask yourself, what is it for you that makes it kind of um, a scary option? And to the rest of people listening, again, this is, I'm just using Azrin as an example, right? The bigger subject here is, do I actually have two options to choose from or three or more? Or do I have really one option I know and the rest is an illusion of choice? And I'm forcing myself into this default process, into this default, um, you know, going down this default path. And I'm not actually evolving, in, if you will, or like getting new experience. I'm not opening myself up to not even evolving because that, that implies that going default is somehow less or wrong or whatever. So that's a wrong word to use. What I meant is I, I'm you're not, you know, why am I not opening myself up to new experiences that I may like more, right? Uh, that's what they're thinking about. And, you know, TLDR, hell yeah, dude, absolutely go. Go travel. Uh, travel is one of the best things you can do for your spirit, um, for your mind, just for yourself. There is nobody that I know that has traveled, nobody, and said, fuck this, travel sucks. <laughs> you know, like it's... I mean, you, you might be tiring in the moment and stuff, but everybody who's traveled, um, especially the countries that are not exactly like ours or very similar, they've gained new perspective in a way that was so valuable, liberating and, and inspiring and so forth. So you should absolutely do that. I'd say go out there. I, I Don't go out there with the goal of like, I'm abandoning my life here. I'm abandoning my life, my family's um, history perhaps or you know, don't do that. Just go, you know, you don't owe, first of all, to anyone to be anywhere. That's the first thing you have to know, right? Your life is your life. That's the basic premise of this country and why I came here personally, because nobody can tell me what the hell to do. And that's supposed to be the thing. So you don't owe anyone to stay where you are, not yourself, not your family, not, not anyone. Um, and you want to know what's really good. It might be you go to Paris or, or New York or L.A., and you'll fall in love with the lifestyle, right? And you'll think to yourself, wow, I wish I came here sooner, but I'm so glad I came here now. This is it. Um, a lot of people go to a big city and they fall in love. And then 10 years from then, 20 years from then, they say, you know what? I've had an amazing time. I'm going to leave. I, it's, I now want to, because they, you know, they remember their roots in some way. And like, there's a part of them that likes the serenity, um, the slow lane, as you say. And so they want to go back to that. And that's fantastic. I know a lot of people like that. Um, I think myself, I'll be living not in the city when I'm older, right? Um, 
when I was younger, I was riding super crotch or like super sports, crotch rockets, motorcycles, you know, super fast, crazy dangerous. I can now imagine myself um, on a more of a cruiser bike, you know, and I think like it just changes with time. And that's cool, and, there, and and that's just life, and that's fantastic. So, but you, but you don't want to live twenty years and then look back and think, "Wow, I didn't." I realized I didn't even know what the other life is like. I didn't even know what life has to offer outside of where I am now. You know, and that not knowing can really can really um, put you down. It'll re- it can really dig at you. Maybe. So go out there, explore. Um, for for the rest of people listening, go. Make sure you understand what the other option is. Explore that option. Um, learn as much as you can. So you actually have a choice. Okay? And so you can stop living life by default. I think it will make you a happier um, person because you'll feel at least, you know, because if you learn another choice and you're just like, you know what, actually, yeah, I was right originally. I don't like that choice. I'm going to stick with my original choice. Now you have confidence. Right? You have confidence in that you were, you know, this is actually the original choices for you. Um, or on the other hand, if you learn about the other choice or multiple choices and you find one of them is like truly appealing, sometimes you discover things you just don't expect, you will be happier because you like, because again, it's more appealing. You just didn't know. It may be it's something in you that wanted it and you couldn't quite understand it. And then it comes and, and you grab it. And so really there is no downsides. Um, all right, so that's it on, on choice. Uh, to summarize, make sure you actually have a choice. And having a choice implies knowing equally or sort of equally about all options on a table. And a lot of the times in life, we don't actually have all the options. We think we know them, but we don't. And, um, and, I, and I recommend, I encourage you all to explore the options enough to make informed choice. Uh, all right, so the book of the week um, is Sam, yeah, Sam Harris is Waking Up. If you're interested in reading, um, last thing I'll mention, a good friend of mine, well, we're not that close, but anyway, John posted the other day a tweet saying, uh, encouraging people to read 20 pages a day, work out 20 minutes a day, and journal once a week. So I took him up on the challenge. We're gonna do a. We're gonna document every day to see if we, you know, check off the, those check boxes. I encourage you to do the same. Twenty pages a day is pretty easy. So if you're looking for books to read, Sam Harris's uh, "Waking Up" is a cool book I'm reading now, about sort of a scientific look at spirituality and meditation. Um, you know, consciousness in general. What does it mean to be conscious? Um, I, it's just a. It's a. You know. It's good. It's, I recommend it. And hopefully you'll join us on the challenge. If you do, tag me, let me know. And I'll see you next time. And maybe I'll have my awesome secret guest. See you guys. I need, I need, I need like um, sign off thing. <laughs>